Hey, good evening, West Houston Christian Center. This is Pastor Jack C. coming to you from the sanctuary at West Houston Christian Center. It's our midweek service. I want to welcome you into church tonight. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, get your Bible, get your notebook. One of the fun things about our midweek service is it really is simply because um, it's more about a teaching ministry on Tuesday night. So it's important sometimes to take notes. It's important to go back, re-listen to the broadcast, share the broadcast. Uh, you can do that right now as we are going live uh, all over and uh, share this with other people that it might be a blessing to. But uh, take some notes, re-listen to the broadcast. Uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So hearing it, it's not heard it, it's hearing it. And so I constantly want to be reminding myself uh, to, to re-listen, to hear, to hear, to get it down into my spirit uh, so that it will profit me. What I want to talk about a little bit tonight, and uh, I'm kind of deviating a little bit from what we've been doing on Tuesday nights, but just something that um, I studied a few weeks ago and something that's still kind of just fresh in my spirit, is that Jesus was a faith minister. Uh, his ministry uh, was all done by faith. And uh, I just kind of want to go through a day in the life of Jesus. But uh, as I was studying this, I want to go back to our founding scripture for this year. And uh, everybody remembers it's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And I want to read that to you out, a couple, out of a couple of translations today. Uh, just out of the King James, it says, <clears throat> Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. But I want to really pay attention to it out of the uh, Passion Translation, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us, and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy, knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. And for some reason, uh, since this has kind of been our scripture for 2020, what a year 2020 has been, amen? How little did we know that going back to last January 1st, uh, when the Lord gave us the scripture, how important it was going to be for this year. There has never been a year like 2020 in the earth ever. Uh, we've never seen so much rapid change. We've never seen uh, such a contrast between light and darkness. And uh, I'm so glad that Jesus, at the very beginning of this year, stood up and said, looking unto me, the author and finisher of our faith. But it did lead me to want to ask you this question. And you might have to ponder it. Uh, you might have to, to, to process it. But uh, it's important to me, and I think it needs to be important to you. So I'm going to ask you. What did your faith produce in 2020? What did your faith produce in 2020? I think each and every one of us needs to stop and ask that question. Uh, if faith didn't produce it, 
What did? Is faith, am I walking and am I living by faith? And if I'm saying that I'm walking and living by faith, there should be some corresponding actions. There should be some fruit. What did your faith produce in 2020? Well, what does that really mean? What did you go to God, get a word from God on, use scripture, stand on the word, believe, sow, and reap where you saw the manifestation of what you were believing for this year? For me personally, uh, over the past five years, my faith project has been uh, my children's education. Uh, We just had Emily who graduated from college um, last uh, June, and uh, I still have a child that's in college at ORU. Jack is still in college. He is uh, a junior there, and then I have Luke who's in Christian private school, and I have a prayer of petition before the Lord, and uh, every day, Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord, it makes me rich, and God adds no sorrow to it. Um, every morning, uh, every day, we are standing in faith, believing to receive the manifestation of our children's education. And so every month that payment is getting made. Thank you, Lord. Every month I'm seeing the manifestation of our faith, of seeing those bills paid uh, on time, in full, um, and for my children's education. Um, Did I see a giant lump sum to see all of these paid for in once? No, I didn't. But what I am seeing is that every month, God is faithful. We are standing, we are sowing, we're believing. Our faith has never wavered, uh, that it was God's will for our children to have this education. Uh, We've never wavered uh, in our faith that they're supposed to be there. Do times get a little tight and tough? Sure. Uh, Do you sometimes get tempted to doubt? um, How's this ever going to happen? Absolutely we do. But you know, Michelle and I have been resolute in our faith in 2020 that all of our children's education is paid for. And when I mean education, for some of my children, that means a vehicle is a part of their education. That means the gas in the car for them to be there. That means room and board. That means clothing. That means books. That means all the incidentals. That means computers. That means all of these things besides tuition that uh, that we're believing God for. That's a that's a pretty hefty package. So that really has been our faith project. Now, God has been faithful to me and my family this year. There's been some things that we've had written down on a list, I mean, for 10 years that we believe for, and we saw the manifestations of them this year. Some things that Michelle was believing for for our home. We're seeing the manifestations of it. Some things around our house, we're seeing the manifestations of them. So I can look back at 2020 and I can say, man, absolutely. I saw some of, I saw God um, um, respond to faith uh, when we believed him to move on our behalf. Amen. And that's really how each and every one of our lives should be characterized. Um, I do not just want to go through life um, saying things about faith, reading things about faith, Um, talking about things about faith, but at some point there needs to be a manifestation in your life. How many of you stood in 2020 against this coronavirus? Um, By faith, we as a church has taken a stand that, uh, um, that greater is he that's in us than the circumstances of COVID that are trying to come against us. 
we as a, as a body uh, at West Houston in 2020, uh, we speak over this congregation almost daily that COVID is dead on arrival at West Houston Christian Center. Well, how do you say that, Pastor Jack? I say it by faith. I can't see the virus. I, I can't discern it when it's here. But what I can say is I stand on the word of God and upon, upon God's delivering power that he is bigger than this virus. And every time I think about it, I just say, it's DOA, it's dead on arrival, amen? So you should be able to look back at 2020 and you should be able to say, look what the Lord has done. Look what faith produced for me this year. This was my project that I believe God for and God was faithful and look what he's done. Faith is progressive. Every year, we should be getting more efficient, more affluent. Uh, uh, we should be living more and more by faith and less and less by our five physical senses. We should be growing in faith on a yearly basis. How do I know that I'm growing? I should be able to look back and see, man, where I was five years ago, you know, I am, I am miles farther than I was five years ago when it comes to believing God and trusting God. Amen? Really, guys, all faith is, is trusting God. Every year, God has been faithful to me in every way, shape, and form. He's been faithful to this church. He's been faithful to my family. He's been faithful to my extended family. God has been faithful. My trust in God should be growing all the time. My trust, I should be able to trust him with more and more and more and more. If I look back at 2020 and I can't discernibly say, look what the Lord has done, then I want to encourage you. You know, it's, it's not a deficiency on God's part. Sometimes it's a deficiency on our part, which leads me to my next question before we actually get into the word today. If we get there, this might be where we are today. Amen. But uh, this was my next question. Are you part of a church that you need faith to be a part of? Well, what does that mean, Pastor Jack? That means, and, and I'm speaking to you that are part of West Houston Christian Center. When you come to West Houston Christian Center, are you being challenged to use your faith? I don't believe that we're supposed to be a part of a church where all I do is come and sit and hear a nice uh, word on a Sunday morning and leave completely the same. Am I a part of a church where I'm being challenged for change on a regular basis? If you are part of a church where you're being challenged for change on a regular basis, then faith is being preached there because in the church body, there can be no change without faith. I cannot condition you or change the way that you think with my own words. Only the word of God was made and created for us as a believer to bring that change. We all know that Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2. I beseech thee, brethren, by the tender mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what is good and acceptable and perfect. Only through the word of God are we able to change our lives. If you don't like your life, how it is right now, you need to change what you're saying, which means you have to change what you think, which means you have to change what you're feeding on. If you really want true change in your life, 
we have to get into where everything starts, and that is the mind. We have to change the way that we think. You can have all the money in the world, but be poverty-minded. You can have all the money in the world, but be sick in your spirit or be sick in your soul. Amen? Just because we have material things doesn't mean that we're spiritually sound. Uh, I need to get into where I'm thinking. You know, I was reading in Proverbs chapter 4, and I'm going to try and recite it because it's out of the Passion Translation. But I just keep saying it over and over, and I make it personal. And I believe it's Proverbs chapter 4. I believe verses 11 and 12. Jonathan will check me on that. But it simply says, and I always make this personal. I say, Jack, because this is God speaking. Jack, let my words fill your thoughts until they penetrate deep within your spirit. Then when you unwrap them, uh, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. When I take the word of God and I meditate it, when I let God's words become my thoughts, I, let's be real honest, and I know that I've said this before, there is a, a massive uh, race, there is a, a massive attempt uh, at people to have voices in our heads. We are hearing voices all the time through social media, through television, through uh, opinions, through everything. There's just this massive attempt for there to be all of these voices inside of our heads. But all of a sudden, if we will push that aside and we were, are to let God's words fill our thoughts, imagine that right now, if you'll just start pondering on some of God's words, well, what would God say to me? Well, I'm for you. I love you. I'm, I'm not against you. Um, I want you to succeed. I've, I've provided everything that you need uh, in order for you to, to fulfill everything that you're called to do in this earth. If we'll begin to think on the word of God, if we'll begin to let his words fill our thoughts, well, how do I do that? Well, first and foremost, I spend time in his word on a regular basis. Uh, if I want to know more about Michelle, I spend time with Michelle and I let her words fill my thoughts. The more that her words fill my thoughts, the more that I get to know her, the more that I begin to trust her, the more that I begin to understand her. But I have to have her words in order for that to happen. I cannot really get to know my wife and never spend any time with her. It's the same with God. I cannot try and get to know God, but I never listen, listen to his words. If you want to know who God is, read his book. That is the number one way to know the author is to read his book. So, so many times people will come and try and tell me what God said, but they've never read his book and they don't know the author. They'll try and tell me what Jesus meant when he did certain things, but they've never read the book and they don't know the author. So I want to encourage us, let his words fill your thoughts. And then as they fill your thoughts, you can begin to unwrap those words through meditation. And when you unwrap it, you get the gift that's inside. And all of a sudden, it will penetrate deep within your being. And that's where change can take place. Amen. And uh, so glad you're once again that you're joining us tonight. What we're talking about is we kind of gone back to our foundational scripture uh, for West Houston Christian Center for this year, which is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And as 
I stated before, it kind of provoked me to ask two questions. Number one, can you look back at 2020? Um, can you see what your faith has produced this year? Can you point back to some specific things where you've seen manifestation of something that you believe God for that happened for you this year? Those are very, very important. Number two, are you part of a church that it takes faith for you to be a part of? Which means, are you a part of a church body, West Houston Christian Center included, that you're being challenged on a regular basis through the Word of God for change? Uh, if you're just part of a church and all you do is just go on a Sunday morning, we get dressed up, we don't bring our Bibles, we don't take any notes, we come, we sit. When the service is over, we say hi to a few people and then we're out the door and we're back into our regular lives. Are you being challenged on a regular basis for change? I like this scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians 4.13. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. Church is just not about me going and listen to what somebody else speaks. It should be about now since we also believe, therefore I speak. What's important to us in church, in discipleship, in Christianity, is that I'm just not going to listen to something so that I can hear it. I am going to church so that I can hear something, I can also believe on it, so therefore I also speak it. We should also be speaking what we believe, what we've heard. I don't go to church just to listen. I go to church so that I can listen, so that I can believe it, so then I in turn can speak it because when I speak it, then it becomes revelation to me. Amen? So that's what church is all about. Psalms 116.10 says, I believed and trusted in and relied on and clung to my God, therefore have I spoken, even when I said I am greatly afflicted. I believed in, I trust in, I relied on the Lord. Can we say that this year? That we believed in, that we trusted in, that we relied, that we clung to the Lord this year. Therefore, I've spoken what I believe. Amen. We have to speak what we believe. I wrote this down and we all know the answer to it, but I think it's good to kind of reiterate. Did Jesus do what he did in the earth as man or as God? I think sometimes when we think, wow, Jesus was God, he came into the earth, he never had any resistance to anything that he did, uh, he never had to experience the things that we had to experience, uh, Jesus had the easy way, uh, Jesus never went through what I went through, and uh, I think it's important for us to remember that everything that Jesus did he did as a man, and he did it by faith. I like this in Romans chapter 4, verse 16. It says, Therefore the promise came by faith, so that it may be by the grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Well, what's that have to do with Jesus? Abraham and what God did with Abraham and his son is a precursor of what happened with Jesus, with God as his father and Jesus as his son. Everything that Abraham did, he had to do by faith. 
If it would have been by the law, then anybody would have been able to do it. That's why the faith was far more important. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness or right standing. Amen? God did not um, bless Abraham through the law. Because if it was through the law, then all we would have to do is try and, and follow this law, which, oh, by the way, no one could keep the full law. Uh, it was incredibly hard. It was incredibly rigid. Uh, the, the, the ordinances in it were, were very, very specific, and they had some extreme penalties attached to them. So God tried to show man that, look, you can't follow just a written set of codes or morals. You're going to need me in this in order for you to have the life that you're supposed to have. So he said, what I want you to do is I want you to live this life and I want you to live it by faith. I want you to follow Abraham. What you did with Isaac, you're going to do by faith. You're going to come and just like God who gave of his son free will, Abraham gave of Isaac of his own free will and, and, and set up us in the whole New Testament so that we could live by faith. It's an amazing thing. Everything that Jesus did, Jesus had a faith ministry, and I want to show you a little bit of that uh, tonight. Let's go to the book of Matthew. And uh, just reading in Matthew chapter 8 and 9, we'll just start with 9, but 8 is wonderful also. But this was just a snippet in the day uh, in the life of Jesus, okay? I want you to, when we, when we read the New Testament sometimes and we read about Jesus and we really know that his earthly ministry was only about three years in the earth. And we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they all kind of give a different personality or a different view of what they saw Jesus do. But in reality, these chapters don't cover weeks and months and years. Sometimes a lot of these things that happened all happened in one day. So imagine a day in the life of Jesus, amen, a day in the life of faith. Matthew chapter 9, uh, let's look at beginning in verse 2. And behold, they brought to him a man paralyzed and prostrated by illness, lying on a sleeping pad. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Take courage, son, your sins are also forgiven you. Amen. Let's remember that Capernaum is Jesus' hometown. What makes something someone's hometown? They have a home there. That's where they live. We all know that Jesus wasn't born there, so it wasn't his family's house. So what we have to assume is, is because Capernaum was Jesus' hometown, that Jesus owned a home there. And this is the home that we're talking about. Now, if you'll look at the account of what happened in Mark chapter 2, verse 4, it goes a little bit different. It says, they uncovered the roof where he was so that we had, when they had broken through, they let down the bed. This is the story of the four friends that brought their friend to Jesus. There was such a crowd outside of Jesus' own home that they could not get through with their friend. And they loved this person so much that they did something extraordinary. They got up on top of Jesus' house 
and began to push away the roof, push away whatever it was that they used back in those days to, to roof these homes. And four friends with four ropes slowly lowered down their friend to the feet of Jesus. Now, when Jesus saw this, uh, now imagine if you're in your own home and someone begins to dig through the roof of your house, you're going to maybe, you know, have some thoughts about that. But Jesus didn't scold them. Jesus didn't correct them. Jesus said one of the coolest things in the whole Bible. He said, first and foremost, take courage, your son, take courage, son. your sins are forgiven and the penalty remitted. Jesus healed this person according to the faith of his four friends. And then Jesus says something and makes a connection that I think sometimes we miss. For the very, very first time in the word, Jesus, in verse 6, he says, But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins, when he said to the paralytic, Arise, take your bed, and go to your house. I want you to recognize that for the very first time, Jesus tied sin and sickness together. Let's go back and look at that again. Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. And behold, they brought to him a man paralyzed and prostrated by illness. He was paralyzed and prostrate uh, by illness, lying on a sleeping pad. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Take courage, your son. Your sins are forgiven and the penalty remitted. Amen. Jesus tied. He didn't just heal the man, but he forgave him of his sins. It's the first time that he ever did this. Listen to me. Righteousness does not produce sickness. Sin produces sickness. Amen. We can never say God put sickness on me to teach me something or because I disobeyed, or to correct me, uh, or to get my attention. Amen? Righteousness cannot produce uh, sickness. Only sin can produce sickness. So where did that sickness come from? It came through the curse. It came through Satan. It came through when Adam and Eve partook of a fruit that they weren't supposed to and allowed these things to come into the earth. That's where sickness came from. That's where sin came from. But Jesus, he looked at these four guys and he said, according to your faith, these four men's faith, your sins are forgiven. This is a picture of what New Testament evangelism is supposed to look like. And we're going to get into this uh, moving forward into 2021. But I just want to I want to just take a moment here. I want you to notice that four four people laid down their own personal desires. They laid down, um, um, you know, what they could have gotten from Jesus. They, uh, with a focus and with um, purpose, they found this paralytic, this sick person, this person who could not do anything for themselves. There's no telling what these four men, what their lives, what they were going through at that time. There's no telling the own personal things that they could have, they would have loved to have gotten received from Jesus. But they laid down their own needs, their own wants, and they picked up a brother who needed Jesus. And they together, working together, 
brought a man to Jesus, and this person wasn't just healed, but his sins were forgiven. This is a picture of New Testament evangelism. It is important for us as believers, amen, to not always just have our eyes on ourselves, what we need, where I am. Lord, I need this. Lord, I want this. This is a picture of what Jesus is wanting us to do. He's wanting us to be the ones that don't always have to be in the bed, that don't always need healing, that doesn't always need a touch from Jesus and actually be the one on the ropes that we can begin to bring others. See, we, we, we can't get others into the bed until we get out of it. We have to get out of the bed. We have to get out of the bed and we have to start doing the works of Jesus. If you want to live, if you're Christianity right now, if you're bored, if you're frustrated, if you don't feel like you're getting anything out of your, your walk with the Lord, if you're questioning it, that simply means that you're not doing anything to help stimulate what we're supposed to be doing as a believer. We were never created to just get saved and then just sit for the rest of our lives and not do anything for the great, with the great price that was paid for us. We were created to serve. We were created to help others. If, you, if you're bored, if you're depressed, if you're going through all these things in your life, just sitting around thinking about yourself, you're never going to be happy just sitting there thinking about yourself. We were created to go and help others. If you want to see a spark in your life, if you want to see some growth in your life, then get excited and go out and begin to help others. Go do. See, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Get up. Go talk to somebody about the Lord. Get out of your own four walls. Be brave. Give a track to somebody. Go pray for somebody. Be a blessing to somebody. Get outside of yourself and go be a blessing that we were created to be. We carry the light to this world. Amen. Go look for somebody to be a blessing to and to carry the gospel. And all of a sudden, your faith's going to get invigorated. Your Christian walk is going to be invigorated. If we just are constantly sitting and listening and we're never doing uh, anything that we're taught, it's going to get just very, very rote and religious and boring and cold and stale. We were, this Christian life, this walk of faith, this, I, I like what Brother Jerry calls it, this, this adventure in faith that we've been called for is the most exciting life that you could ever have. But it's only going to be activated when I begin to do the things that I've been taught, when I begin to act on. See, those men, that man in that bed was not healed until his four friends acted on what they'd heard about Jesus. When they heard about Jesus and they knew that Jesus was going to be in town, they got up with a purpose and a plan to get this person. They believed that if they could get this person into the presence of Jesus, that this person's life, they had no idea that his sins were going to be forgiven. They had no idea. All they knew was that Jesus healed and that Jesus healed everybody. Jesus did not discriminate between Gentile and Jew, male or female, big, tall, short. Nobody that Jesus ever healed was born again. Jesus, because, because healing is the bread for his children, everybody, Jesus will heal anybody and everybody. 
It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you think. Jesus loves you so much that he wants to heal your body. Amen. So, well, praise God. I've, I, I preached myself too long, but uh, we got lots more that we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks about going through some of these healings that Jesus did. Um, it's important to me that we're using our faith at West Houston Christian Center. It's important to me that we are not just a church that's just concerned about what, what, what goes in in these four walls. We, we are going to begin to lift our eyes up to look outward and see this world that's all around us. Amen. Well, this is Pastor Jack C. Michelle and I, we love you very, very much. Uh, we're happy that you're a part uh, of West Houston Christian Center. Um, if we can be a blessing to you, you let me know. Uh, my pretty wife is going to come up now and she's going to share um, how do I get saved and how can I become a part of the family of God? God bless you. Jesus is Lord. We'll see you Sunday.